friend. Welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold. And it's my honor to bring you guest conversations or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise. Wherever you are, I am so grateful to be here in your ears. And I also want to give a shout out with so much thanks to our sponsor, Organifi. You can find them over at Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And when you use the U-Turn checkout code, you get 20% off your order. They make the most magical elixirs, whether it's powders for you to get your greens on every day, really tasty, clean protein powders to add into your diet. I have them every single morning. Probiotic powders to help you really heal and strengthen your immune system. So much more. Now let's get in to this week's conversation. If you have a partner where you guys are both committed to growth, you're committed to having a conscious partnership and that's just like a deal breaker and a no-brainer between the two of you, you can access and create what it is that you do want. Maybe that is depth, right? Maybe that is more physical intimacy, right? Because your partner is going to want to make you happy and and vice versa. So in terms of leaving, right, it's really questioning, am I staying because I'm afraid what I want isn't actually out there, right? Or am I staying because I truly believe that this is the right relationship? Hey, U-Turn friends, it's another week in my favorite category, the love category, and I wanted to bring Rebecca Boatman on. We have so many mutual friends. Everybody says the best things about her. She's a dating and relationship coach. She spent a lot of time helping so many find and attract the right partner, and I wanted to talk to her today about how to have a more curious conversation with your partner when something's not feeling right or you want to work through something, particularly the Imago Dialogue, which is so crazy that I've had a personal development podcast and never talked about it. So Rebecca, I'm so excited that you're here with me. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so happy that we're also going to talk about the Imago because just having that tool in your back pocket and using it is life-changing. Like when my partner calls me, if we're having any sort of like breakdown and he's like, babe, let's just, let's do the Imago. My heart melts. So I'm so excited to give it to you and these ladies. Yeah. And I, I know that, you know, just like the times we're living in that there's, I was reading some data and it was indicating that I think like it was it was like 50 per, almost 50% of couples actually enjoy working from home and then the other 50% you know like was broken in half and it was saying like around 28% or so of them were saying it's negatively impacting their relationship and then 22 or so percent and i can't recall where i saw this so i'm leave it to me we're saying that 
it's um, really, really harming it. And I think there was like a three or 4% of the whole, which this isn't fully adding up, leave it to me on my own podcast, <laughs> where, where they were saying we're leaving our relationship. Yeah. And, and that, that doesn't surprise me, you know, like it makes sense that some people kind of like this and, and other people are feeling really tense. So what message do you have? Because for anybody who is kind of struggling right now in their relationship and trying to almost decide like how to move forward in a positive way. Yeah. So no, number one, that you're not alone, right? I think that's first and foremost in having struggles in a relationship, it's just so important that we remember that. Right. And knowing that in relationship, like it's in intimacy is when our own, um, person, any unhealed stuff is going to come to the surface. So number one, knowing that you're not alone. And number two, just having like a, um, just a commitment and a willingness to really, look at things that you know you could improve on specifically with patterns. So say you're with your partner and there's something that's coming up. And when you reflect back, you're like, wow, this same thing came up in in other relationships as well. This isn't new. Um, That's a great indicator of like, okay, cool. I'm in a really cool spot to work on something to then have a harmonious relationship. So our, especially our intimate relationships are truly, truly gifts because they're truly mirrors. And there's so much freedom on the other side of those pat or the patterns of breakdowns and the wounds and everything. And yeah, so that's what I would tell you for sure. Okay. And um, I know that I I always love asking love experts, like what got them into this focus? Mm -hmm. Like, were you on your own path to finding your guy? Like, what was your experience that made you commit to a career in love right now? Oh, I love that question. So you guys, like I was so bad in relationship. Like I was, I would burn bridges. I didn't know how to communicate my feelings. Like the per it was always the other person's fault. Like it was just, I I hadn't, I didn't have the tools and it was, I would constantly, I would attract relationships, but I would end up feeling alone in relationships. And I, it's like worse to be single and alone. And then, or it sucks to be single and alone. And then even worse to be with a partner and feel alone. And I just didn't have the blueprint and the map to have a successful relationship. Yet I would see all of these people, you know, around me have great relationships and, you know, long marriages and just such healthy dynamics. So I actually hired my own relationship coach who absolutely changed my life. And in hiring her, you guys, I had no idea that she was also a a business coach for relationship coaches. I didn't even know that. So after my life just completely transformed, I was like, I want to do this for other women. Like this created so much more freedom and just feeling at home with a man and, and feeling safe in relationship, which I had never had before. Right. So I just wanted to keep on giving this gift to other people. Mm, Beautiful. And I know that, um, I don't know, like everybody's kind of going through a lot of great things and also a lot of struggle, you know, if you're single and you're at home and you're wanting to attract your partner versus if you're with somebody and it's tense and you're wanting to create more ease with your partner, um, what are your thoughts for people who are single right now and reflecting and really wanting to create love? What are some things that you would suggest they start thinking about doing to create that? 
girl, get on a dating app. <laughs> Even uh-huh. right now, if you don't want to go out and date, that, that's fine. You can do virtual dates. So number, um, so first and foremost, knowing, it, de- it, it kind of depends, right? When we have women join our programs, we actually don't have them go out and dating for like the, it, until like four months into working with us, just because we want to make sure that we're doing all the inner work so that they attract a really conscious partnership. And I know that we have people who maybe just got out of a breakup or they're, been single and they're ready to meet a great guy. You know, they've been involved in personal development. So number one, knowing your personal values, like what is it that you truly want and what's really important to you? And a great way to actually identify this is to look at you know, when you can write these questions down or the listeners or, you know, open up your iPhone and open your notes and put these in to answer later is, um, when, when was the last time I felt really alive Mm. and just reflect on three moments. And in those three moments, you're going to find what you truly value. And on top of that, then also looking at what are your deal breakers, right? Do you want to get married? Do you not want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Like what would be your, you know, most amazing life and just really owning that and surrendering to that. And the reason that this is so important is because what we found is that women will go out and date and it'll feel great, but then there won't be a line of values. And then a year later, they're like, how did I get here? <laughs> right. And I'm like, wait, maybe this isn't actually a match. And that's because as women, we, we like to base decisions off how we feel, which is also really important. You get to feel amazing with your partner, but knowing those core values is, is absolutely important. And then, yeah, going on dating apps. Um, so for those of you that are ready to date, if you're, you know, talking back and forth, uh, tangible phrase you can take with you from this interview is, um, you know, telling a man like, Oh, I I wonder if you're this funny on the phone or this fun on the phone, winky face, like kind of, so it's a cute flirty way to, you know, have a virtual date. And so there's, and as of right now, like dating apps and dating sites are like skyrocketing. Like everyone's going online. Cause I really think people are also with everything being stripped away, they're getting more clear on what is important to them. And at the end of the day, that's companionship. Like what does any of this matter if we can't share it with one another, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, for people who are at home and you were saying like one year later, um, I don't know, like one thing that I went through in my relationships, like I was with a guy for five years who I almost married, really good guy, um, is resentment and like dynamics. So I feel like if you've been together a little while, it's just enough time to form certain beliefs about each other, certain stories about each other, certain resentments towards each other, you know, like negative expectations, like, oh, this is what they're going to do how do you get some distance from those dynamics or those resentments or those stories? Because I know even for my partner, William and I, you know, being home all the time, we're constantly in conversation about like, Oh, I'm releasing this story about you. So (laughs) (laughs) what would be your suggestion? Because I know that not everybody lives in this kind of thought process all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, the first thing is knowing that the resentment, right. Um, it actually, I, I know it can be so tempting to make it about the person and what they're doing and not doing, but anytime, especially in partnership, when we're seeing them, when we're seeing people consistently, we make it about the person, we're always going to feel disempowered and we're, and it's going to, be like a bottomless pit or a spiral that we're falling into. So number one is realizing that the resentment isn't about what the person is or isn't doing. It's our relationship to what is. Are you with me? 
Mm-hmm. So, and then a, a good thing as well, or a good tool is the moment you get upset, right? The moment you're like this, that, that, like in your head, maybe you verbalize it, or maybe it's just in your head is asking, okay, so it upsets the cue. And then the, what you're going to ask the question is, what is it that I'm needing right now? Mm-hmm. What is it that I want? Like something happened with the, even the other night with my partner and I, and I was like, I want, I wanted to, but I, I complained, but I learned better because when we complain or anything, then they're uninspired to actually give us what we need. Right. So mm-hmm. the moment we get upset, it, it's asking, what is it that I want? And the other night I was like, Oh, why am I feeling this way? I was like, Oh, I actually really want quality time. And for me, for, to him, quality time can be watching TV, right? As a man, I'm like, that's not quality time, right? Like, I want to go on a walk and connect and talk, you know? So figuring out what it is that y- your needs are and then requesting them um, from your partner and a great tangible way to request things is something that we coined um, or we call the Grammy Sammy. So it's a gratitude sandwich. So it could look like, you know, I'll just make one up. It could look like, hey, um, we'll call him Hank. Okay. <laughs> I'll just make a pen name Hank. What hey, an amazing Hank. Name. <laughs> I would, you mean so much to me and mm-hmm. you're, you're so special to me. And I would love to get takeout and go to the park together and be in nature because I just enjoy my time with you. And it would mean a lot to me. And so notice how there's the gratitude, the request and the gratitude, and then they're just going to be able to respond and step into giving it what it is that you do need. So just Mm -hmm. to sum it up, it's really the most important piece in all of this is the personal responsibility of just realizing that no matter what your partner does or doesn't do, it's not going to remove the resentment because that's our our own um, inner work. And then you know, really requesting what it is that you do want. So then he has the opportunity to step up and, and give it to you. And sometimes for some of my clients that can be really vulnerable, you know, it's really just saying, Hey, I love this about you. Will you please do this? Cause then we're opening ourselves up to them possibly saying no. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And how do you like, I feel like everybody has different needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate? Ugh, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes when I think about the stigmas, it's like men sometimes. And and again, I know that I'm very much in like hetero terms right now, but, and gender terms, but it seems like there's a stigma that men think women want so much or they're demanding them or nagging them. And like, they have so many requests. What, what is your thought on that? Like, is there a point where maybe somebody has too much that they're requesting or is it just like an incompatibility? Um, I find right now during these times, I have more and more friends calling me being like, I want this and I want that. And it seems so hard for him or for her to give me this. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is such a great question. So I think it's knowing that, okay, obviously men don't want to hear their woman nag or anyone, right? Like woman, men, they, anything, they don't want to hear the, the nagging and also, the person who's doing the nagging genuinely doesn't want to nag. Like, when do we ever actually want to get never feels good to complain? So just knowing that. And when I've um, – because we've worked with thousands of women. And what's crazy, Ashley, is um, when we ask – when I get on the phone, you know, or we're in our group, group classes, when these women are upset and we say, you know, okay, what is it that you really need? It's usually always a big question mark where they're actually not – super clear on what, on what that is. So Mm. really actually sitting or 
stopping and being present with what is it that I really need and then being extremely specific with your partner. Like, for example, it took me a while to learn that I love my face being pet, <laughs> right? Yeah. My face pet. So I just sometimes just like, but will you pet my face? Right. And I feel so adored, right? Maybe like a little puppy, but I love it, you know? Right. And, and with your friends, I mean, and you could ask them this question is, okay, so how are you telling him what it is you want? And, um, and it could, what could be happening and it's really common is that it's their ask. Actually, they think they're asking, but their, their idea of asking is actually complaining about them not getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one thing that comes up when I'm listening to this, as we kind of dive into Imago, mm-hmm. is like emotional awareness. Like I know one issue, especially people listening to this podcast, they're developing and they're growing. And I think one issue very present is sometimes like that mismatch of emotional awareness. And I think the reality is that cu- couples and partners are on their own journey at all times. And so I feel like some level of awareness, like one person might be growing in one area and then the other is in the other. And sometimes I think it's a miracle that, you know, married couples are happy for 60 years because I'm like, wow, we're changing and growing so much. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we match each other and be there for each other during that? So what is your thought on, you know, if if a woman or a guy has a lot of depth and they don't feel seen or understood by their partner, like how do they decide okay, I need to like go deeper and communicate versus this person is just in a different chapter than I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a great question. It's kind of like the, do I stay or do I go? Yeah. I think the most important thing is looking at patterns, right? I always bring it back to that just because if there is a pattern of, okay, it's not working, let me exit. Um, Just being really mindful of that and knowing. And then number two is if you have a partner and this is what I always recommend, where you guys are both committed to growth, you're committed to having a conscious partnership, and that's just like a, a deal breaker and a no brainer between the two of you, you can access and create what it is that you do want. Maybe that is depth, right? Maybe that is more physical intimacy, right? Because your partner is going to want to make you happy and and vice versa. So in terms of leaving, right, it's really, you want to be mindful of, am I making this decision because I'm afraid I will never get what I want? And, or am I making, or sorry, or am I making this decision because I genuinely in my heart of hearts know that this is not the right person for me. And that's something that, you know, you get to go be, you know, be quiet with yourself and with your heart and just be really honest with yourself and, and, you know, questioning, am I staying because I'm afraid what I want isn't actually out there? Right. Or am I staying because I truly believe that this is the right relationship and that we're going to get through this and, or, or, you know, or we're going to create together what it is we do want. And then one thing that I just feel called to mention right now is that a lot of time, times women, um, they can anticipate or desire for their man to respond like a, a woman in the sense of, you know, 
hearing them and emoting. Okay. Emoting is the word I'm looking for, like emoting and hearing them the way that they want to be heard. And sometimes that's not super natural, um, for, for the other individual. So we kind of have to create the context of like, Hey, I would like, um, I love, I want to experience just this deep, beautiful, hot conversation. Will you ask me these questions? (laughs) Right. So we're helping create that because it's not as natural versus women in relationship. We're like, right. We can go back and forth. And then at the dinner table, we're like, why is he being quiet? (laughs) Right. So just something to also keep in mind to make sure that, um, in this, especially right now that you're also having the conversations with your girlfriends or, or filling up your cup outside of your relationship as well. And not, um, expecting them to be, you know, your, your girlfriends as well, or be a hairy woman. Yeah. Well, and you actually touched on something that I'm really curious about your opinion on is like sexual, physical intimacy. Like, Mm -hmm. I think with so much of society at home right now, like whatever mystery existed in the relationship is so challenged with being in the same house all day together. Um, I think there's like some level of reuniting that happens when partners leave for the day and come back at the end. And there's like a romance to that. Um, What insight do you have around keeping the spark alive when you're together nonstop and wanting to create that? Cause I've, I've heard from quite a few of you guys listening that this is really present right now. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool that they, they, they're multiple people are saying that. So the listeners can know they're not alone. Right. Um, and absolutely, uh, going and hanging out with your friends and separating creates that polarity, which creates that, the passion and that intimacy. So you can even, I, even go on walks. Like that's like one of my favorite thing. You guys, I'll leave my phone at home and I'll go on a walk for like an hour and a half and I'll just be gone without my phone. And I just wander and it's like so fun. Right. So you can create things where, you know, you don't have to go out to big public places or whatever you're, how you're deciding to go about everything, but you can go on, you can go on walks and where you do have that alone time. And then also you can even, if you, if your partner would be open to it, you could say, Hey, I would love to explore new things, right? You could look up different tantric, you know, practices and try them with your partner and actually make a commitment to going to new heights. I think also number one is just having that compassion and awareness around, okay, like the polarity is lacking a bit because of, you know, being around each other 24 seven, but then creating that sort of, um, space, right? So that could be going on walks. That could be zooming with your girlfriends. It could be having a, a full day of just, um, you know, FaceTiming with friends and with family, and then having that, that intentional structured time where you actually come together to have completely disconnected quality time versus the quality time or the, just being the fact that you guys are both in the house. So actually being a bit more conscious and intentional about it is going to support you in that intimacy and, and come and compassion and bring you guys closer. And if, also, if any of you listeners and you actually have, haven't done this, I highly recommend it, which is called soul gazing. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's basically like just staring into your partner's eyes for, you know, two minutes, you have the, or three minutes, you have the sender and then the receiver and then going vice, vice versa is going to bring you guys closer as well. That's so beautiful. It's so funny. I was so amazing with my puppy this morning. <laughs> oh, so easy with our dogs because they oh just, like, imagine if we gave like the our partners the unconditional love that we have for our pets. Oh gosh, this I mean, it's like 
such a vortex. You stare into this little like animal's eyes. It's like, I have so much love for this little fur ball. It's so sweet. And I can only imagine with, with uh, your partner, it's a very beautiful thing. So I'm glad you suggested that. And kind of going into the Imago dialogue, I know there's three steps. And for my note takers, there's the mirroring, the validation and the empathy. And I'm really excited about this because validation, I think is a really interesting topic and, and not something that all couples have navigated yet. Mm-hmm. Really gotten nailed down. Um, why do you suggest Imago dialogue? And um, like, what do you think it would be most helpful with for people listening? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry, you mentioned it like three times, like, okay, yeah, we got to go there and talk about it. It's so good. So it's created by Dr. Harvell Hendricks and, and Dr. Helen Hunt, and it was developed in the 1980s. And there's a whole book on it called Getting the Love That You Want. And he, um, he is just, they're absolutely amazing. And I recommend it if there's, say there's an issue and you're like, oh my gosh, like I just, my partner doesn't get it. Like I'm so sick of him or her not getting it. Like I'm going to literally rip my hair out and they may feel the same way, vice versa about a different issue or the same issue. So I highly recommend this around a very like sensitive topic where you haven't been feeling heard and understood and there's just a complete disconnect around it. And, and also anytime now, anytime that there's conflict that arises later, you can do it. Like I shared when, um, my partner calls me and he's like, let's do it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Because there's so much freedom after going through it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And what are some situations that somebody could be in right now that you would say, Oh, you can start studying this Imago dialogue and we're going to go through it and you can offer it to your partner. Yeah. Yeah. And we can actually, t- if we, I can briefly go through it as well, Ashley, with them, if you would yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But just like anything, so say you're like, he never takes the trash out or um, when he says this, it really hurts or, um, you know, it could be literally anything. It, it, it could be, it's because life's never about the rice cooker, right? The trash, the dishes not being done, like all the little complaints or the yeah. not seeing eye to eye. There's always something deeper. And I just, before we kind of go into the steps, I think something that's really powerful that, um, I never shut up about is that there's that, and you may have talked about this before, is that there's that reptilian part of our brain that has no concept of time. So what, you know, say there was trauma or it could be soft trauma, anything that happened to us when we were six, now, fast forward decades later, we're in a relationship and our partner says or does something that then kind of triggers or reminds us of that trauma, you know, some sort of external environment trigger, then we kind of, we can go back there and we can have like a, without even realizing that that's what happened is happening and we're having a strong emotional reaction. So anything that there's a strong emotional reaction to, and the reason I love sharing that is because it just opens up this uh, the capacity to have so much love and 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 patience and grace for ourselves and for our partner when maybe they're reacting in a way that you know can have us lock up and want to disconnect and to just see that see that five year old or see that seven year old and have so much love and and realize it actually has nothing to to do with us right even though I know sometimes it can be hard when certain things are being said so that's just a little bit of background and and context as to why I, I love the Imago dialogue, um, which Harville and, and Helen created and taught. So do you want me to go through the steps or do you want to ask yeah. any questions before I do? Yeah, I would love to start with the mirroring step. I think that's so powerful. 
Yeah. So step one is mirroring. And, and before we go, go into the steps, know that there's always a sender and a receiver. So you're going to have one person who's sending and one person who's receiving. And the, the sender is going to be talking and the receiving person is going to be just listening. And as the receiver, you, you really get to just be, um, silent and, and listen and, and not respond or want to defend or go into story or anything because then it's going to basically negate the whole process. And the way, what helps me and setting myself up for this is, is I usually say, okay, my ego might want to take a little visit. I'm just going to notice it and give it a little Snickers and tell it to go take a nap. You know what I mean? So just kind of mentally prepare yourself. And sometimes it takes a few times to go through this before you and your partner um, really get it down. But once you do, it's like saving grace. So mirroring. So for, so the sender is going to say like, I feel this way when this happened and they just get to literally vomit everything out. And, and then the, the receiver mirrors it back. Okay, Hank, what I've heard you say, um, was that you feel, um, upset when you feel like I'm not helping you with the dishes or that you feel like I'm not being, you know, supported or that you feel like you're literally going to mirror back everything that the partner's your um, partner saying. And the important piece here is to actually use the words that they're using because they may say support and then you hear care. And if you say the word care, it could be a completely different meaning to them. So mm-hmm. that's why I also love that they called it mirroring here because you really get to mirror back exactly what they're saying. And it takes you being extremely selfless because if you take it personally, what happens is you're then in relationship in your head, trying to protect yourself and, you know, going off on a tangent in your head and you're not actually present to what they're saying. So Mm -hmm. it's a really cool exercise for heart centered listening as well while your partner is talking. Mm, love this. And, and I love how it is what it sounds like. Like it's straight up step one mirroring, like a, hold space for the other person, repeat mm-hmm. back what they said. And mm-hmm. step two, um, I find that this one is, is so much deeper than what it sounds. I, I think like validation is such an art. So can you share a little bit about what it would look like to validate? Yeah. Yeah. So Number one is, or the most important thing is your energy, right? So you want to actually like stop and when you're mirroring, like really be wanting to understand them, right? With the whole intention of connection and understanding just wrapped up in this whole thing. So then when you're validating them, you're like, wow, that, that really makes sense. Like I can understand how you would feel this way. Or I can understand how that was that that this is what's going on and you're you can also add some mirroring into there but you're really validating and you're you're genuinely putting yourself into their shoes and what's happening for them because that's going to be an energetic presence that's going to have them truly feel validated and i believe in this portion like the energy is one of the most important things because if we're just doing it to do it right our partner's going to sense that <laughs> especially yeah. if we're on the receiving end of that we would sense it too so you could start the sentences with that makes sense or I can understand how. And if there's something that they said and you you sincerely don't get it, just in, not out of a self-righteous place of not wanting to get it, but out of a truly like, huh, I wonder what they mean there. You can say like, hey, Hank, I understand 
boom, boom, boom. And will you tell me more about this? And you can let them elaborate on something that maybe you didn't understand. That way you actually have the capacity to, to truly validate how they're feeling and what they're experiencing. turners i have a quick but important interruption here i want to thank organifi as always for sponsoring this podcast episode and just encourage you to check out their site and consider treating yourself to some of their products that have been such a game changer for my health they just gave us an even bigger discount code at 20 percent off when you type in the code u-turn at checkout and i've been particularly obsessed with organifi's pure product the pure powder is tasteless but powerful full of superfood ingredients to help your gut and your mind stay healthy, such as probiotics, lion's mane, aloe vera, ginger extract, to name a few. I put the pure powder in my coffee and it's been helping me stay healthy during these really weird times that we're all in. So if you're looking to easily up your immunity and dodge whatever germs are floating in the air, the pure powder at Organifi is it. Just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And don't forget to type in your U-Turn code at checkout for 20% off pure. Now let's get back to this week's episode. What do you think? There's something about validation that I feel like, um, it needs work in so many relationships. Like Mm -hmm. I find that people will show their feelings and often they'll feel dismissed by the other person. Um, So I just want to kind of like take a tangent on this step of validation in general. Like, what do you think it is that keeps people from being able to like really hear how somebody else is feeling and whether they agree or not, just validate it and let them know that they hear it or see it or, or get where they're at. Um, Cause I think it's such a painful thing for so many people. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love this this uh, question, and I for some people it can be scary because if they actually validate how the other person's feeling in their the illusion of their mind, it could be by me validating you, that means I'm agreeing with you. And that means you're right. And I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to get in trouble and trouble means death. So it's it's so interesting and fascinating, but the people who really struggle with this part is they're actually just afraid. They're so afraid that if they admit or they honor and and respect how someone's feeling in their mind, it's then then they're all everything they're saying is, is they're the good the guy or they're right, and then therefore I'm the bad guy and and I'm going to be in trouble or I did something wrong, and then they're going to leave me. So if they anyone has a hard time actually doing this. There's actually always a fear under underneath it all. Does that make sense? So you were saying that validation and it's challenging because people don't want to say that they get where somebody's coming from because it threatens their survival or it makes them admit that they're wrong. Where does that come from? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's a case by case basis, but say you had a, you know, your man or, or woman was you know, their parent was really strict or they would then get in trouble or have to go on timeout or, you know, anything when they were younger, right? And then in those moments, they can make up the meaning like, oh, it's unsafe to do anything wrong. Like it's unsafe to do anything wrong. So therefore I need to always 
be be right to be safe and to be okay and to not be in trouble. So it's a case by case basis, and we usually, you know, take our we'll ask questions to kind of identify where those things come from and to have people release things. But you also don't have to know. You don't necessarily have to know exactly where it comes from person to person to create something different. And I just like sharing that because I think it's so important to know that psychological, we can be in psychological assessment all day long. And a lot of time I see that I see that that comes people's becomes their comfort zone. So we can, it does help to know where it comes from, but also knowing that we don't always have to know for, for our partner. Are you with Mm -hmm. me? Yeah, definitely. And I also, I'm, I'm curious as I'm listening to you, like, let's say that you're, because I think this is quite common where like, there's especially a lot of cultures were raised in a way where they were discouraged from being wrong and they were in trouble a lot. They had very strict parents and they were not validated for just being where they're at or who they are. And I'm guessing that that can show up as very damaging in a partnership where somebody else who feels their feelings and wants to say something is being met with like dismissal or ignoring their feelings. Um, so even if we do see that link of, of like, oh, wow, this person grew up in an environment where their feelings weren't welcome, safe, validated, like what does the other person do with that if they wanted to go into an Imago dialogue or just wanted to have a better relationship? Yeah, yeah. So I think the cool thing about the Imago dialogue is that there's a script and you can be like, you're off script. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. But you know, that's also why it's there. It's a framework to, to really help us. And also like, you know, letting your partner know, like, that it's safe to say, I'm sorry. Like it's safe to validate and that they would not be in trouble. And like, for example, with, with, um, my partner, he doesn't like when I leave abruptly, if I'm upset. Right. And I've learned that one. So what we've learned is, or if I'm just like being an avoidant is to say like, Hey, I, I, I love you and you're not in trouble. So we're validating that, right. You're not in trouble. And what I need right now is space, or this is what I need. So you can also validate your partner and in, in, or sorry, you can let them know that it's, it's safe and it's okay to, to say, I'm sorry to apologize. And, and even depending on, um, the relationship and the communication, you can bring up the conversation and say, Hey, babe, like I've noticed that I haven't heard this. I, I haven't heard this before. Like, I'm sorry, or I haven't heard, I hear you and I understand. Like, I'm just curious as to why that is. And, or, or it, what about that scares you? And you can kind of open up the dialogue and just have a, you know, come from a place of curiosity and love and, and then let them know, you know, how much it, it means to you and how close you feel it would bring the two of you and that it's safe. You know, we're just reminding them it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And so step one is mirror each other, like ask to have an Imago dialogue, share where you're at, have the person mirror you or vice versa. The second step is just to validate. Can you um, give some examples of like conversational prompts that sound like validation? Yeah. So I can, so say in the mirroring, they said like, I just feel frustrated. Like I'm always doing everything. So you'd say what I, in the mirroring part, you'd say, I hear that you feel like you're doing any, everything right. And then everything else that they said, and then invalidating say, I can understand how you feel like you're doing everything. Like that completely makes sense. And you're really, really stopping and you're thinking about how that's their experience. And the truth is we cannot argue with anyone's experience. It's just their experience at the end of the 
the day, right? Even yeah. though there's sometimes when it feels like ours is the only one, right? So you're, you're inserting the words. And if you want, you can also just share, definitely share. I understand and and share that makes sense and, and what it is that they said. Mm-hmm. I love this. Okay. And as far as like, what do you do if somebody shares something and you just so deeply disagree, can't even see where they're coming from and struggle to say this makes sense when you're like, this doesn't make sense. What do you suggest for that situation? It's such a great question because that may definitely happen and it may happen for the sender. It may happen for the receiver. Just know that if we are, are disagreeing, we are in the right or wrong paradigm, right? Like, like this is your, we're, we're operating from that and we're not actually stopping and putting ourselves in their shoes which is, um, it really takes, um, it takes a conscious effort and a focus and just a lot of, um, grace and love. And if you're in that space, you could share, like, um, I, I, I'm, you be honest about like, you know, I, I can't, I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling with doing this right now. And I really want to be there for you. Can we revisit the Imago later or tomorrow? Because you really, um, you, when you're the receiver, you get to be the receiver. So it takes, it definitely takes practice and you guys will get this down to the point where you're like, let's do the Imago. And you guys go through it because you see the benefit of doing it. And if there is something that you disagree with, notice like, Notice if for you, for any of us, if we're having a hard time agreeing with it, if there's something that we're afraid of, like, why are we so afraid of validating it? Right. And that's when I said in the very beginning, like our ego may take a visit <laughs> and that's when you just yeah. get to give Snickers or Froyo, you know, and to stop and actually think about that and, and know that there's some things like, for example, there's some things with my partner where he'll respond a certain way. I'm like, in my mind, like, I can't even compute like how, like, a, for example, if the house is a mess, he feels like he's not being supported and taken care of because his number, one of his number one values is order. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I like it clean, but like, I'm, I'd rather go to the Creek or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, I can operate and wait till the cleaners come. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I have to like stop. And I, I, what I'll do in my head, Ashley, is I'll relate it to something else that he can't necessarily relate to that I want his compassion and validation for. So, um, let me think of something um, I totally get it. Like, I think every relationship has something where it's like, you don't understand where they're coming from on that yeah. one. And they super don't understand where you're coming from on the other one. And it's like, this is like that other thing that you don't get about me. So let's yeah. just show up for each other. I still get that. And, and I know the third step is empathizing and empathy isn't always natural. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to really empathize when you're mirrored and the other person validates you? Um, and then you move into empathy. Yeah. So you're, you're going to, you know, guess, or you're going to feel or think as to why they're feeling this way. And this takes, right. This whole practice takes us getting beyond ourselves. It, it really does. Because if we're focused on ourselves and protecting ourselves, we're not in a selfless state to have the capacity to receive and give to our partner, which that whole dynamic is what keeps us in, in the power struggle, right? Cause we feel powerless. We feel like we need to be powerful. So in empathizing, you're, you're really stopping and you're like, I wonder why they're feeling this way. And uh, again, kind of coming back to seeing them like the five-year-old, right? Seeing them like the six-year-old who maybe, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows they're softer or hard or trauma or anything. They could have had a perfect childhood with parents and then gotten bullied in school. Like it it just could be anything. So really stopping and, and seeing, seeing them 
as that inner child and having so much love, like how would you speak to someone who's, you know, six years old, who, you know, maybe it's a baby cousin, like what would you be telling them in this moment? And also in empathizing, you want to use feeling words. So instead of saying, um, you know, thoughts or ideas, you want to use actual words like, Oh, I, I can imagine that you're feeling sad. Like I can imagine you're feeling frustrated, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can imagine that you're feeling like angry. Then you want to use, you want to put words on how, what you think they're experiencing. Cause that's going to extra have them feel heard. And then when you're done, you, you know, ask them like, is, is that how you feel? Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to closing out, so like the person, the I know that in Imago, there's a sender and a receiver. So, mm-hmm. you know, the sender is saying the things, the receiver is mirroring them, validating them, empathizing with them. Um, how do you close out an Imago dialogue with your partner in a way that feels complete? Yeah. So, so one thing that I like and that my partner and I love to do, and this isn't a part of the Imago, but you can just add it in. We'll just do a, a you know, a step number four <laughs> and you could say, you know, is there anything that I could do to support you moving forward? And you can allow your partner to make requests and you can make requests as well. And then you get to say yes and you get to say no. So they could make a request where you're like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Or they could, at this point, you're most likely in your heart and you're like wanting to give and contribute um, and support your partner. So they can make a a specific request and then make sure that it's specific and not vague. So that way you actually have the opportunity to step into it. And then you get to agree or not. And then, yes, you go, you switch sender and receiver and you go back through it. Mm, So wonderful. I'm so excited for people to start using this. Um, And I know that a lot of people will want to learn more from you. Where can people find you and keep learning from you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say my Instagram, I'm posting on there all the time. Um, I do daily videos. I'm there to give support and you can, you know, send me a direct message, anything that opened up for you. If you have any more questions and that's just my full name, which is Rebecca Boatman, B-O-A-T-M-A-N. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab of my website, ashleystahl.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single one. I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an Apple device and you write an actual review for me. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week.